0: Well, if y'all would open, open your Bibles to the book of Luke, we'll be in chapter number 2. And as you can see, we're, we're going to talk about the favor, the favor of God today. And I want you, I want you to realize that, to kind of qualify that, if you, you kind of caught on, but George had helped many people with his building and loan association that the regular banks wouldn't help because they couldn't afford a loan. And so over the time of being a good man and being a good man of a good repute in that, in that town, he had built up favor with the people. So as soon as, as soon as the time came when he was in trouble, all they had to do was say so. You know, and um, people came running to his, to his, to his aid, to his assistance. You know, and, and I, I find it kind of strange that, you know, a lot of us have sown a lot of good seed in our life, but as soon as something bad happens, we feel like God has abandoned us, everybody else has abandoned us, and we're in this thing all alone. You know, but God has put favor upon our lives for a reason. God has blessed us with, with favor because we can do more with each other than we can with our, by ourselves. And so we've got to realize that favor draws people alongside of us. And we'll talk about some of this stuff as we go on. But if you would open up Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse number 8 if you would stand there as we, as, we, as we read. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that your peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. And, Lord God, we thank you that because of your Son, Lord God, your favor is rested upon us once again. And we can walk in favor, Lord God. We can walk in blessing, Lord God. We can walk in <clears throat> divine, being divinely equipped, Lord God, to go forth and do what you've called us to do. And so, Lord God... Now this morning, Lord God, may we receive a, an impartation, Lord God, and a revelation of the favor that you've put upon our lives to be who you've called us to be and equip us to go and do what you've called us to do, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. And so, as we, as we kind of get started, you know, what we need to talk about, you know, what what is favor? What is favor exactly? You know, we, we, when you think about favor, when you think about somebody's a favorite, or you think about somebody's um, in a favorable position, you think that, well, they're, you know, there's somebody that they get preferential treatment. You know, they're, they're the favor. They get, they get special treatment from everybody. Or you think that they're, they've got some kind of special status or they've got some kind of um, um, ex- special acceptance or approval or, or, or pleasure. But see, while this is all kind of part of what favor is, it's, it's a really incomplete definition of favor. And so we're going to talk some more about what God's favor is and what he's got, got set aside for us. Now, some of you have been through the studies we've done on Wednesday night, some here on Sunday morning where we talked about um, the word charis, meaning grace, the grace of God. Well, the word "caris" does translate to grace, but that same word favor comes from the same, that, that word "caris." So when we're talking about the favor of God or the caris of God and the grace of God, it's, it's all really one and the same. So you know that you're not going to get grace from someone unless you have favor with them, correct? You know, God would not have given us his son if he did not have favor for us, if he did not see us with favor even though we were in a, a, sin, a sinful fallen state. And so as we begin to study, study, study favor and the favor of God be in our lives, we need to realize what, what we're really talking about here. We're really talking about the grace of God extended to us because of his love for us. And so, um, you know, we, when we were first born again, when you, with the first most basic definition of grace when we talk about grace is God's unmerited favor. You know, so when, when, we're, when we're all born again, especially if you were brought up in a denominational type church, you know, you hear about the grace of God. Well, it's God's unmerited favor. God is giving you things that you don't deserve. Because, because he loves you. And so, as we're talking about favor, we can't separate favor from grace. And so we're going to talk about the favor of God and the grace of God and what, what, what both of them kind of, what role they kind of play. And now, every believer receives favor or grace as a gift from God. Unfortunately, we, we don't step into the deeper dimensions of that grace or that favor. And so we've got to realize that, you know, ignorance is not always bliss. You know, we don't, we, we don't step in and realize the favor of God that's on our lives. So we don't step out and do a lot of things that God's called us to do. And so, Karis is not only God's approval and acceptance or his grace, it's also his operational power. There's two aspects, there's two sides to God's grace when you really break it down. There's access, and like we just talked about, God, God, because of his unmerited favor, because of his love for us, we now have access to the throne. We now have access to the face of God. We can now access God through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Christ at any time, any time we, feel, we feel we want to, which should probably be a whole lot more than what we actually do, but We've got, we've got to realize that the, the, the born again, the blessed, the blessed side of the first part of grace we experience is access. For the first time, you know, when Jesus came, when, when the angels cried, peace on earth and, you know, f- uh, peace upon those whose, whose favor rests, it's saying, that, okay, we can now enter the presence of God again because his favor is upon us, because his, he sent his son, he sent blessing to us in the form of Jesus Christ. And so we can walk in the blessing in the favor of God because of the door that Jesus Christ opened by, by coming to this earth and, and dying for us. Hebrews ten twenty says, "By the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is through His flesh." In other words, He opened a new way because you know before, when you when you study the Old Testament, you had to go through the tabernacle, you had to kill kill whatever creature kind of walked by, you had you had you had to slam on the altar, you had to do all these little rituals and 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 little formatted way to get to the presence of God. But now there's a new a new and living way where we can enter the presence of God through His Son. And so that that was what Paul was talking about in Hebrews. It says. Now, that, now we have access to the throne by his blood. Now, secondly, we have power. In his presence, we receive his very nature. And this is, where this is where we're getting down to today. His favor comes by being in his presence. His favor comes, and you experience more of his favor by spending time with him. And now, we can, we, in his presence, we receive his very nature that empowers us to be transformed into, into the image of the son he loves. So we all, we all know the saying, you become like who you hang around, correct? And so if we would hang around God more, we'd become more like God. Why? Because we begin to get his favor because, you know, when you, when you like somebody, when you know somebody, it's easy to, it's easy to get to, to like him and know him. And so when, when, when we, and we know that in infinitely, God's all-knowledgeable, God knows everybody, God knows who you are. But when we spend time in his presence, we begin to, to seek from him and draw from him, we begin to receive what, what the Bible calls favor upon our lives. And so we'll, we'll get to some of that more in, here in a minute. But we receive favor, we receive power to overcome and operate in his anointing. And his grace, like I said, it's access, but it's also power, which is God's divine ability. So when we spend time in the presence of God, we begin to access his power. We begin to receive his divine ability to go forth and be what he's called us to be. Now, let's talk about something here. You can grow, you can grow in favor, and we should grow in favor. And so we all know that we know that God loves everybody equally. You know, we all know that there's, there's, no, there's no difference. God, God loves you as much as he loves me and loves me as much as he loves somebody else. There's no, there's no lack of love or inequality in God's love. But there is differences in favor. You know, you know oh, I knew it. I knew he liked you better than me. I knew it. I just see. I told you. You look. Some people looking at your wife going. I told you. I told you. God likes some other people better than he likes me. Now the thing about it is, we're all positioned to increase in favor. See, just because somebody maybe walks in more favor with God than you doesn't mean God, God loves you less. It means that they spent more time in His presence and received more of the grace of God upon their life. So, so when you when you look at, at the thing, you say, well. Why is God looking so good for them and not for me? Well, and, and especially us that have been believers for, for a little while now and think that we've got it all figured out, and we don't spend as much time in the presence of God as we should and keep growing in that. We see a new believer coming, all of a sudden God's doing all this kind of cool stuff for them. We're like, man, look at them. They were all there. They, they were just three weeks ago. They were out in the bar, and I look at them, now God's blessed them like crazy. Well, they probably spent all kinds of time in God's presence the last few weeks because they've experienced the fact that God, I've, I've experienced God's unmerited favor and I can walk into God's presence. Now, it's something they've never been able to do before, and they're experiencing the love of God for the first time. And so we've got to realize that we can grow in favor as quickly as we get in the presence of God. We can grow, and we can begin to operate in more of the blessing of God and have more of the favor of God upon our life simply by spending time in His presence. Now, when we use the favor, when we, use the favor we have, you know, God's unmerited favor His, when we were born again. When we use the favor to access God, when we use that favor that we have, we begin to increase in favor itself. So when we use the favor of God when we we're first born again, we use the favor of God that's on us to enter in, to enter in by, the, by the blood of Jesus. When we use that favor to get into his presence, we begin to increase in that very favor that he's put upon our life. The problem is we, we, we kind of stop there and we say, okay, God, I can pray you now. I know that I'm going to heaven. So it's kind of where we back off and stop. So we don't increase in the favor of God. But that's, that's what God has intended for us to do all along. One thing we've always got to remember, though, is presence always trumps principle. Now, let me, let me qualify that. Some of us have this, have this mindset that, okay, I've got, issue in my, I've got an issue in my leg, I've got to have my leg healed. So principle says that if I go to the doctor and get things taken care of, I'll get, I can get healed that way, and, and yes, you can. But if you'll spend time in the presence of God and spend time in the anointing of God and growing in the grace and favor of God, you may not need that doctor quite so quick. You know, presence always trumps principle. The more time you want to spend in the presence of God, the more you become like God. It's not a matter of time, it's, a matter, it's, a ma- well, it's, a, it's not a matter of, of um, how long, it's a matter of, what kind of quality of time you spend. So when you get in the presence of God and begin to use the favor that he's given you through being born again, you can step into greater measures of favor and grace of God just by, by simply being around him. Yeah. You know, you look at the disciples in the New Testament and, they, and, and, the, and the Pharisees have looked at them and said, it's obvious you've been with Jesus. You know, can people say that about us? It's obvious. You, you When we walk in the room, people go, man, you've been in the presence of God. You know, Moses came down off the mountain. They're like, Moses, you better cover that face. You know, kind of what people tell me about my legs. You better put some pants on those things but but you know we've got to we've got to get to that place where we're we're seeking his presence and not just seeking like i said before when we were praying the, the the theoretical side of christianity which says yeah the bible says i can be healed and the bible says god loves me and we kind of work it out by theories instead of working it out in a way that you know what i don't want to be a theoretical christian anymore. i want to be a christian who's actually experienced the grace and the presence and the power of god in my life and that and that's what it really that's what it really comes down to now there's have we got a few keys here to increase in favor and most of them are found in Proverbs because Proverbs is the book of wisdom, and wisdom is one of the main ways to increase in favor. But the first thing we've got to do is we've got to learn to value the voice and instruction of God. We've got to learn to put a value when, when God speaks, when God's moving. We've got to learn to value that in our lives. We've got to learn that um, my life is not complete. My life is not, I'm not satisfied with my life unless I'm hearing the voice of God. Yes, the Word is good. Yes, yes we need to spend time on the Word so we know when God speaks that it lines up with the Word. But, you know, for several thousand years they didn't have the Word of God, but they still were led by God. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish the Bible. I'm not trying to say the Bible is not good. We, we need to spend time in the Word and learning, but we've got, to, we've got to learn to seek the voice of God. Because, yes, God speaks you through the Word, but we've got to learn to hear when the Holy Spirit speaks. We've got enough word in us Yeah, that was God, because that lines up with exactly what the Word of God says. It's, it's, um, we've got to get to a place where we're in receiving voices and words, and words from the Lord. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of peace, that will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and then the verse 4 says, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So, number one thing, if you want to begin to walk in the favor of God and the blessing of God, you need to start heeding the voice and the instruction of God. You know, if, if you're constantly telling somebody how to, how to fix something, or how to do something, and they don't do it, eventually you're just going to quit telling them. I mean, you know, here at church we, 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 lo- we love to counsel and help people, but we're going to tell you what to do, but if you don't want to do it, then that's that's on you. And you know, we can we can guide you so far, but eventually it takes us taking a step. We've got to begin to heed the voice of God. When the, when the voice of God speaks, we need to value that, we need to love that, we need to cherish that. We we don't seek the voice of God and hearing from God the way we should a lot of times. The second way we can increase in favor is through goodness. Now, good refers to things that are a benefit or pleasing. So we got to realize that a, a good person or somebody that walks in goodness is not just trying not to sin. And I, I was thinking about this and. Goodness is simply try, not trying, like says, the Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Now, I don't think that meant that Jesus went around trying not to sin. You know, when we, re- when we read that, you know, the, oh, well, Jesus, we, we don't think, well, Jesus was just trying to be a good, a good guy and, and not sin and not mess up. No, he said he went around doing good. You know, trying not to sin is not doing anything. Trying not to sin is trying to hide in the closet and hope nothing comes your way. The thing we've got, the thing we got to realize, is when you're going doing good, good, like I said, good means of benefit, something that's a benefit or pleasing. So when you, when Jesus is going around seeking to benefit others, see God's going to put favor upon your life because you're going around seeking to be a benefit to somebody else. You know when um, when when you walk into the room at work, you know if you've got favor at work, it's probably because that you go there with the ben- for the benefit of the company. You're not going there to just get a paycheck. You know when you're going around wanting to be a benefit wherever you're at people are going to want to come alongside you you know I don't always want to be around somebody that's that's trying to to draw and be negative and, and just is, is taxing and, and stresses you out all the time but when you can get around you can get along some alongside somebody that is, is seeking your benefit just as well as theirs they're seeking to be a benefit to those around them you know that's the kind of person that's easy, easy to promote you know if you want to get promoted at your job you want to see your, your place changes, like, I don't know why God's got me here I don't know why i'm stuck stuck being being this way or that. I don't know why I gotta be at this place. God give me another job. And maybe God's saying, well, if you'll go out there trying to be good, do good, you know, maybe you'll get promoted. Maybe you get promoted twice. Maybe you get moved on up the ladder. Guess what? Because you're trying to benefit others, you're trying to benefit where you're at, and you're not trying you're not just you're not just complaining about those around you that you don't agree with. See, we need to go about we need to be about doing good. Proverbs eleven twenty seven says, Whoever diligently seeks good or benefit of others seeks favor. But evil comes to him who searches for it. Bible says in 12, Proverbs 12.2, 12, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 13.15 says, good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous will, will be the ruin. Now, like I said before, we used to watch that clip about, about George Bailey. He had favor because he was a man that sought the benefit of others. He could, he could have gone around, and if, if you, if you watch the movie, you find out he had a desire to always leave and go do great things around the world. But when the need came for the benefit of the town, for the benefit of the people around him, for the benefit of his family, he stayed and did, and, and did good for that community. And so because he was a good person, because he was a person that wasn't just out trying not to sin, you know, in today's day and age, well, that's a good person. That means that they do their best to, to not mess up. They do their best not to harm anybody, and that's fine. You, sh- you should be that person. But a true, truly goodness, when the Bible talks about goodness as a fruit of the Spirit, goodness is seeking the benefit and the value of others. Goodness is seeking to be beneficial wherever you go. Goodness is seeking to be that person that wants to be a benefit to those around them and see them improve just as much as you want to see yourself improve. Because you know, with the kind of God we serve, when we seek to improve others, when we seek to reach out to others and, br- and bring them up, God is going to do the same for us. That's, that's what humility is all about. Humility is not about us groveling at God's feet. Humility is about us being, being humble enough to recognize that God's put something on the inside of us and using that gift for the benefit of mankind. And so, a good person will seek to benefit others. Now, wisdom. Now, here's something that, here's something that really struck me when I read it. It, said, it says, Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man. Now think about this. Jesus is God, so how is Jesus supposed to increase in wisdom? How is Jesus supposed to increase? Well, in stature means in, in years, where We know we, that, that's possible because he was human. But then it says he had to increase in favor with God at the same time. So if Jesus, being Jesus, being God himself, had to increase in favor with God, and I'm not saying God had... Had made him, But I'm saying Jesus did this on purpose so that he, we could see how to walk and increase in favor with God ourselves. And so we know that Jesus was the Son of God, Jesus was God himself, so it's almost kind of impossible for him to increase in that. But at the same time, he did so so that we could see how to walk in favor with God ourselves. And so if Jesus had to increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, then how much more should we be seeking wisdom so that we can increase in favor with God at the same time? Now, wisdom is the process of finding and discovering and aligning ourselves with Christ. You know, we, we look at it like wisdom means smart. Yeah, and, and that's part of it. But wisdom is, is simply getting to the place where we're, we're doing our best to seek and align ourselves with the voice and the Word of God. You know, we, we're seeking and finding out what God's got set aside for us to do. You know, wisdom for, wisdom for me is going to be different than wisdom for you. Not that we're not supposed to lack common sense, but wisdom for me is going to be for me to find out from God, seek his wisdom on my life, what he's put in me, what b- blessings he's gifted me with, what things he's put, set aside for me to do, the carest gifts that he's put inside of me to minister and do those things for God, to find out what those are and align myself with those things and begin to increase in those things by spending time in the presence of God. I mean, it's, 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 really, it's really quite simple. Wisdom says align yourself with God. I mean, that, that doesn't sound hard, right? I mean, how hard is it to, okay, God's smarter than me, God knows everything, God's knows the beginning from the end. He's, he's, he's been there, he's there, and he's already in the future. So it would be a pretty good idea on my part to line up with him because he knows what's going to happen. I mean, it, it's, it's, pre- it's really pretty simple. So wisdom is simply aligning ourselves with, with God so that we can be everything that he's, that he's called us to be. Now, <coughs> notice that it said that Jesus grew in wisdom before he grew in favor. You know, a lot of us don't like that part. And we want to grow in favor with God. Well, what's growing? It means we're spending time with God. You know, we'll sit there and go, well, God... Why did, why did God send Pastor Joel to Israel? I've always wanted to go to Israel. Well, he spent some time with God, and God has opened some doors for him. I mean, it's pretty obvious God has given our pastor favor in this community. Why? Well, if you look back and see how much time he spent in the community and working with the community and doing things to be a blessing in our community, you'll know that that time has turned into favor. This church has grown in favor because of the way that we begin to benefit our community. You know, if you've been here for any length of time at all, you've seen you've seen what God has done in the fact that, you know, when we were meeting in the hotel room, there wasn't a lot of people that looked on us very, very um you know, they kinda had that stinky eye. They're like, Yeah, y'all are meeting, y'all y'all are meeting in a hotel room. I don't I don't really get you guys very much, but um I what you know, kind of patch on the head, whatever works for y'all, that's fine. God bless you guys. You know, but then all of a sudden we, we we actually get a church building, you know, and people begin to open their eyes a little bit, hey, maybe there's something to them, maybe you know, and, and a few years down the road we we've got some property, we're out here, and all of a sudden we begin to grow. Why? Because we begin Seeking to be a benefit to those around us, and people realize that we're not just fly by night. We're not just not just the the, the, the little it church for the time. No, we're, we're seeking to be a benefit to our community. We're seeking to be a benefit to to the people that come here, and so that increases us in favor, and that increases our stature. And now all of a sudden, we've got favor with the community. And we've got favor with other ministries around us. Why? Because because we're seeking to be a benefit, and we're not we're not just one of those. Um, hotel room churches anymore. Why? Well, we stuck with God. We stuck with what he wanted us to do. We sought God. We, we, walked, in, we walked into him. We sought wisdom all the time. And, God, and God, God has built us into something that's very beneficial to our community. And that's, and that's what being, that's what wisdom is all about. Seeking God and finding, it, finding him. Now, Proverbs 8, 35 says, for whoever finds me, or wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So, how do you find wisdom? Well, like we said, we align ourselves with God. Now, The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters, one for each day of the month. So you can start there pretty easily. You know, read a chapter out of Proverbs, it'll take you three or four minutes every day. But at the same time, we need to go back to like we said before, we need to always be seeking the voice and the presence of God in our life. Because if we're going to do what God says, we've got to hear from God. And we can, most of us like to generally hear from God in the Word. Okay, thou shalt not steal. Okay, that's some wisdom. I mean, you don't steal, you don't go to jail. You know, you should not commit murder. Okay, you don't kill somebody, you won't. You put on death row. I mean, it's, it's pretty. that's really not wisdom. That's common sense. Wisdom says, okay, God, your, your word says that you've, got, you've, you've, put, you've put gifts in my life, and I need to desire the greater gifts. So how do I do that? And you begin to let the Holy Spirit begin to impart to you and begin to show you things, show you gifts that are in your life. And when, he show, when something sticks out and all of a sudden he puts you in a position where, where all of a sudden, man, I was beneficial in that situation. God used me powerfully in that situation. What was it about me that made me so beneficial when I was in a situation? And you go back and you, you, you go back to God and say, okay, God, I saw what happened, now show me, show me what that was all about. You know, I find, I find as, as a minister and, and, and speaking and things like that, that I, it's just as important for me to go back after I've spoken and after I've ministered and find out what God used in that as it was for me to prepare for the message in the first place. Why? Because I grow that way. I find out, where, I find out what areas God has given me and what, what areas of the word that really, that really stick to me that God, God uses to speak through me into people's lives. And so if I go back after I've spoken and look at that and say, okay, God, what really clicked when, when, when I gave that message? Okay, well, that makes sense. And so God begins to show me, reveal to me different, things in my, different areas of my life that I'm, that I'm gifted and that I can do to be a benefit to others. But it comes with spending time in his presence and listening to his voice. Now, a servant who deals wisely finds the king's favor, but his wrath falls on the one who acts shamefully. So, like I said, we're going to find wisdom by discovering and, and aligning ourselves with Christ. Ah, here's one, here's one that'll be kind of fun. Honoring your marriage is a way to find favor with God. Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And all the ladies said, Amen. Amen. You find, you find a good thing. Now, here's the thing, ladies. You've got to realize that you're a good thing before the husband's found you. The, pro- the problem is, you know, the Bible doesn't say he finds a wife and she becomes a good thing. The, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, we've got to, to the, we've got to get to the place, ladies, especially to where you don't fall for the first guy who lays eyes on you. Remember, you're a good thing. Is he, is he worthy of you? You're a daughter of the Most High God. You, 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 you are his baby girl. Are you, giving yourself, are you giving yourself to someone who is unworthy of that gift? I'm not saying that you're supposed to judge people and look down on people, but when it comes to who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, maybe we ought to do a little bit more searching. You, know, you are a good thing. God has blessed you. And now, now, guys, the Bible talks about, talks us very strictly in Ephesians and Proverbs. We need to love her as Christ loved the church, and by doing so, then she will respect us. You know? Um, I was I was very I'm very blessed. I have a very very good thing in my life And she knew she was a good thing before I met her. I'm not trying to say anything But no, she didn't she didn't just fall into my lap, you know And i'm not the most confrontational go out there go get them type guy, but I had to work for this one you know, and so And so but what what did that do that that brought a greater appreciation for me and a value me for her? Why? Because she knew she was a good thing. She spent time in the presence of God. She knew the favor of God upon her life. So she was a good thing. So if I was going to get this good thing, I better work on being a good thing myself. And so if you if you as a as a man or a, a man of God, if you want like the Bible says in Peter, if you want God to hear your prayers, then you better honor your wife. You better re- respect that, that good thing that He's given you. And so to grow in favor, you know, and now when it says finds a good thing, well, that doesn't mean you, that doesn't mean go be a polygamist and get fourteen wives and get all this favor. What this means is that when you find this good thing, you, you treat her like who she is, which is a daughter of the Most High, a, 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 a daughter of the King. We need to get in that place where we are honoring, and respecting our spouses, and when we do that, we, we receive favor not just on our marriage, but we receive favor from God because, of, because we're seeking to be good and be a benefit. Now, now here, here's what's such a big deal. You know, you wonder sometimes, what's such a big deal about this whole, this whole marriage thing that's been going on in, in the political realm? What's such a big deal about that? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says in Ephesians that a marriage between a man and a woman is a picture of Christ and the church. So when we begin to twist that around and begin to mess things up in that area, we begin to give the world a bad picture of what Christ and the church is all about. We've got to get to the place to where you know, we, we seek that relationship with Christ and we seek to be, be near him just like, treat our spouse just like Jesus does the church. The Bible says he gave his life for her. We need to be ready to not just die for our spouse, we need to be ready to give our life to our spouse. Need to be, we need to be, become, as a couple, that example of what Christ, what Christ in the church really is all about. And so as, as we do that, as our, as our marriage begins to develop and flourish and we begin to favor on our marriage, people begin to see our marriage, people should see the marriage between a, a godly man and a godly woman as how the church is supposed to operate. It's how we're supposed to relate to Jesus Christ as, as, as the bride of Christ. You know, no man is fit to be a groom until he's been a bride. You know we, we've got we've got to get in that we've got to get in that place where we are seeking we are seeking God not just for His favor we're seeking God to, to obtain His favor because we know that His favor will draw us along as to to be who to um, help advance the ministry that He's got in our life. Now, God's favor rests upon us when we are being and doing that which He's created us to be and do. Now we obtain favor from God when we pursue His wisdom to discover and fulfill the destiny for which each of us which He's created for each of us. What we've got to realize is that there is destiny upon the, the on the inside of each one of us. There, there is, there is great giftings and great callings and great, great occasions and great things just waiting to happen. And God's planted them on the, upon the inside of you. And how do those things get drawn out through the favor of God, through the grace of God, through those those moments of God, where you get, where you get in His presence, you begin to, you begin to see, um, God reveal those things to you that, that you always thought you could be, that you always knew that, that you should be, or, or that, man, I've always had a knack for this. Well, that's a gift from God. Don't you know? Maybe, maybe you're good with numbers. We love people that are good with numbers. I don't. I don't have to be one of them all the time. Now, what? But that just because it's not a Bible, a Bible, um, there's not accounting as a as a spiritual gift in the Bible. But for those of us that aren't good accountants, you are a spiritually blessed person if you're a good accountant. And so we love you. Thank you. You know, for those for the, for those of us that are, that are that are or good organizers, you know, the, they're. God bless you. We need people that are good organizers. And now the Bible says gifts of administration. and It all kind of falls under that. But what we've got to realize is God has put different things in our life that are, that are a spiritual blessing to, tho- to those around us. And if we will use those things to be a benefit to others and not just say, look how good I am at this, we use these things at, and, and God begins to put favor upon that and people begin to be drawn to that and you begin to have a ministry in that. And it's, 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 really, it's, really, it's really how simple it is. Now, the purpose of favor and this is where he starts getting fun. Now, God's favor affirms our identity. We all we all know how, how, how little kids are, or even some bigger kids. You know, mommy, daddy, watch me. You know, and if it's my daughter Katie, she's on the trampoline doing double backflips. If if it's Zach, we go back to his we go back to his um to his football clips and watch him make tackles and that kind of stuff. You know, and what's that do? That affirms their identity. That affirms who, who who they are in their eyes. So when we need to be about going in the presence of God and saying, God, watch me. God, you show me this gift in my life. Watch me go use it. You know, we all have—we've been wired for, with a with a need for affirmation. We've been wired with a need for, for favor. You know, and we've been w- wired with a need by God. It's in our DNA to crave that affirmation and to crave that that um that validation from God. And so, um, the attention that you know young 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 um young young people receive through that, you know, it begins to that's a key building block in their, in their self esteem. The same thing with us as believers. When we begin to seek God, when we begin to get that affirmation from God, we begin to see that God is pleased, we see His favor, that's affirmation in our life that we're doing what God's called us to do. You know, whenever, if you if you, <coughs> if you try something and it fails miserably, and the favor of God wasn't on it, well, maybe you dismissed it. That doesn't mean you stop. That means you find out what God's called you to do, and you begin, you begin to jump into His presence. None of us have ever done it, made, made every perfect decision, you know. I've come close. No, I'm, but, uh. But no, the, 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 thing, the, thing, the thing we've got to real, realize is that whenever we do something and it pleases God and we, and we know and, and our hearts crave that, we know that, we're, we know that we're pleasing God, that affirms who we are in him, that affirms the gift that he's put inside of us, that affirms that, that he has blessed us in our to, to be a blessing to others, and we begin to walk forth in that in more confidence and more joy, and that's, and that's how he, he begins to build ministry in people. And see, it all, it all starts with us stepping into the favor of God as a born-again believer, knowing that we can be in the presence of God now, and he begins to show us who we are, and, we, uh, and all of a sudden, he shows us a gifting, or he shows us a talent, or he shows us a calling, and you step out in that, and you see yourself do something amazing in someone's life, and you see someone um, be, be, be blessed through you, that God used you, and, and, you get, and you know that God is pleased, you know that God is satisfied, you know that, that um, someday you're going to get to heaven, you're going to hear a well done, because you reached out and you touched somebody with that gift that God's given you. That that builds that builds your self esteem. That builds your that builds the character that God's built inside you to begin to walk out in more confidence and do what He's called you to do. You know, um, I can say it's because He's not here, but uh, I remember I remember Pastor Joel when he wasn't quite such a good preacher. I'm not trying to be mean, but back at the hotel room, I remember I remember the little pen in his hand and he waved that pen around. It, it was fun, but but you watch where he's coming. You watch why he, he got time. He, he spent he spent time with God. He spent time in the presence of God, and and, I, and we watched him grow service after service. Every time was a little better, and every time, and, and before you know, what, we've got what we've got now, which is phenomenal. Amen. We've we got we got somebody who hears the voice of God and gets a vision from God. It w- but it started with him stepping out and pleasing God in the little things, stepping out and doing what God called to do. You know, like he's talked about before, stepping out to that hotel room, you know, and um, going to the hotel room Sunday after Sunday and picking up the ceiling like we did every every week, you know, that, that had fallen down. But you know what? But but that pleased God because we we're stepping out what He called us to do, and God and God bless us with more. And God blessed us more, and God brought us to a place where, like, like we talked about before, this this is a very beneficial church to our community now, and 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 around the world. But it starts with us getting with God and seeing with us. And when we know we please God in something, we continue in that. When we know we didn't please God in something, we ask for forgiveness, we repent, and we move, we move on somewhere else. It's it's really it's really that simple, you know. And and, and really, and just because you mess up, that doesn't mean God's favor is not on you anymore. I mean, you you, you look at you look at David. You look at some of these other, other people, Elijah, some of these guys that were, that kind of messed up Moses in different ways. The favor of God never left them, but they repented and got right. Now, usually you, you read about those that, that didn't repent and kept going the wrong way. Saul, for instance, you know, all of a sudden they don't have favor on their life because they didn't hear from God when they messed up and changed. They kept going with their hard heart and kept moving away, and so the, you, they did decrease in favor. The thing about it is if we're, if, we're, if we're making a conscious effort to spend time in his presence and seek him, then we'll see we'll see God moving our lives in a greater way. Now, every one of us has an incompleteness apart from the outside recognition and affirmation. Now, we know notice so we've got to get to this other part. Jesus didn't only increase in favor with God, but he increased in favor with man. And so, like I said, when you get in that place to where you are a good person, where you are a wise person, where you are a person that seeks the voice of God and, and, and you walk uprightly in every way you can, you're going to begin to have people come alongside you. And that gift that God's put on the inside of you if the, the ministries that God's putting inside you, you can't do by yourself. It gets bigger than you. If it's from God, it's going to be bigger than you. You know, plain and simple. If it's, if it's from God, it's not going to be something you can do by yourself. God expects you to get, get to the place where you walk out in Him, and He's going to bring people alongside you to help you along the way. You know, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't do the Way of Bible Church with the, the few of us that are on staff here. But because of all of you coming alongside us, we are what the Way Bible Church is. We are, we are a blessing to this community. We are a blessing to this, this, this region. We're a blessing to the world. Why? Because God has put favor upon upon the Way of Bible Church. God has put favor upon those of us that, that lead. God has put favor upon those of us that attend. Why? And so that so that when we go around the community, people are people are drawn to us, and people come alongside us. You know, we we, we hardly ever. I know Tarek keeps track of the the visitor cards. We very seldom have less than four or five visitor cards on a Sunday. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. I remember looking forward to getting two or three a month. You know, God is increasing his favor. The the favor of the Way of Bible Church is getting out there and it's spreading and growing. People are hearing about us, people coming from a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all come from Greenville, Emory, Winsboro, all, all, you know, which is a pretty good drive, maybe not for an East Texas road, but I mean, it's still, it's still a pretty good, you come a pretty good distance, why? Because of the favor that God's put upon this, on this church, and it's not, it's not for us to sit there and go, look at us, we're getting big, it's for us to go, look, God has shown us what we're good at, God has shown us what our reach is, God has shown us what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go, and we're going to be obedient to that, we're going to step out in that, and when we do, people are going to be drawn alongside us with like vision and like calling upon their life, and so, that's why it's why our church has the favor that it's got because we, we are continuing to seek God for what he's showing us to do and when it works and we know that's what God wants yeah we step out and we keep going when it doesn't work we don't think that God's left us we don't get mad we don't pout we don't cry we say okay that was a bad move we'll try something else and this has happened once or twice um, and we continue to go forward with, with what God's got us, got us doing and like I said before scripture is full of God's declarations of approval and acceptance you can read through the Bible and you can find all, all kinds of amazing promises of God but it's got to come to the place where you get revelation of those promises specifically for you. You know, it, it's, it's, it's fine to be in a crowd and be blessed and to know that God has spoken blessing over that and, and received some of that. But how much greater is it when you get in your prayer closet, when you get in the presence of God and you hear God speak something directly to you. You know, the reason a lot of us don't grow in that favor and don't realize that God is pleased with us and don't realize what, what, what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong is because we, we, we're, we're content with a little bit of worship on a Sunday, a little bit of worship on a Wednesday, maybe one or the other, maybe once or twice a month. And then we don't experience the blessing of God. We don't experience God being pleased with us because we haven't spent the kind of time in his presence that we need to. I can, I can promise you the, the, the most awesome times of worship that I have aren't here on the front row. The most amazing times of worship I have are probably in the shower. Let's go ahead and tell you. That's, that's, that's where me and God just have, have our time. You know, and many times I leave the wife without any hot water, and so for that I, I ask for forgiveness. But, um, but God gets talking or God, God gets moving, and you get in his presence, and you, and you don't want to leave. You know, you just want to camp out there for a little while. And when you have those encounters and when you have those experiences with God where he, where he tells you what he's pleased with, where he, where he kindly and he, and, he, and he gently convicts you for those things that he's not, and he begins to draw you closer to him, and you begin to experience that blessing of God more, you begin to walk in that power and that, and that favor, and you begin to realize just who you are in Christ. See, a person that knows who they are in Christ is easy to follow. Amen? I mean, there's no doubt our pastor knows who he is in Christ. So why do, why do people follow him? Because he's not so trying to figure out who he is yet. You know, it's real easy to, it's not, you're not going to follow somebody who don't know who they are. You're not going to follow somebody who don't know where they're going. I would hope. You might, but that that's on you. You should pray about that. No, well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow somebody that, that that is a strong leader, that knows what God's got set aside for them to do, that knows, where, that knows where God's taking them, that knows the vision God's got for their life. It's easy to fall in line with that. Why? Favor is upon that because God, God can't favor somebody that's double-minded. And there's some of us, you know, Amy and I had to come to that decision a few years ago whenever we, we had an t- opportunity to come full-time at the church. We, Amy finally said, you know what? Are we going to keep being double-minded? And I said, what do you mean? Well, because I was still enjoying my insurance and my work over there at Clayton Homes for a couple hundred dollars a week. And then I come out here the rest of the time. And i said, say, okay, we ha- we, you have to make that step. And when you know that what God wants you to step out into it, and do you give up some things? Yes, but at the same time, you see God's favor in your life because he begins to grow and develop things in you. And so when you step out in faith, when you step out and do things that God has set aside for you to do, you begin to see the favor in your life increase. And, and, you know, and how do you know that God is favoring you? Well, not a lot of times, but a lot of times it's because men are favoring you. You know, when Jesus grew in, in, in favor with man, it was a pretty good sign that God was doing something through him. When God is doing something through you, when God is moving through you, people are drawn to that, like, like, I've, like I've said. So when we begin to see God move through us and people are drawn to us, and we see God work, then we begin to know that we're doing, doing the right thing, and it brings confirmation in our life. Now, favor brings increase through agreement. Like I said, God's favor brings others alongside of us and potential increases when the strength of others is added to our own you know, we can't do like i said before we can't do what the web bible church does without every one of us here we're less of a church when you're not here we're, we're less we're not who god's called us perfectly to be when you're when you're not in the crowd when we need you here we why not because not because we, we want your tithe check not because we we want we want to have a better count on sunday morning but because god has put giftings in you that are beneficial to this body and beneficial to the world around us and God has equipped this body and put us here to o- help you operate in that gifting to the fullest extent so that you can go out and be who you're called to be in the world. It, it, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's a, not a give-take thing, but it's a, it's a mutual blessing thing because, God is, because when you come here, you're a blessing to us, and we can equip you and be a blessing to you and let you go out and be, be who God's called you to be. It's, it's, um, it's beautiful. It goes back, like I said, it goes back to that, that picture of, of, of marriage and in, 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 you know, being a picture of who the bride is to Christ. You know, Christ is our head. We line ourselves with him. Great things happen. We begin to fight with the head a little bit, and not so great things happen. You know, you see yourself kind of fall away. Same, same thing here. You begin to align yourself with the body of Christ, with a with the body of believers that is doing things for God, and you begin to function who God's called you to be inside the church and outside the church, and you begin to walk forth in that. You watch you watch God begin to build you and increase you in, the, in that favor, and you begin to see your ministry begin to take off and be who, God, who God's called you to be. Two are always better than one if they're united. You know, like the Bible says, how can two walk in agreement walk unless they, walk together unless they agree to do so? And so if you're gonna come here, fall online. Just gonna say that. But um <laughs> No, I'm saying if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna, gonna come here, you, you're doing yourself a severe disservice if you don't find out what the vision of the church is and make sure that's what lines up with the vision for your life. You know, a lot of people, they, they come, they come to a church like ours and they have a, an amazing worship set and they hear some good preaching and they hear, hear some good things going on, and I say, like, This is where I gotta be. And they don't really stop and ask God, is this where I need to be? You know, we should take what church we attend as seriously as so we marry. I mean, we don't look at it that way. We don't. Look at, I'm just going to go there because no, you need to make sure that your life is in line with the vision that the, that the body that you're attending has. You know, because when you align yourself with the head, the head is going to put you where you belong. But a lot of us, we want to we want to go. You know, some of us would probably get put in a church that we really don't like. But if he does that for you or to you, or I'll say for you, that, that's a better way to say it. If he does that for you. And for that church, is because he, he has a gifting in you that's going to accentuate that body that w- where you're at. But so many times we're so quick to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go where it's happening. Well, and, th- and that's fine, but make sure that's where God wants you to go. Because that's where God's going to use you the most. And some of us are very unsatisfied with where we're at, no matter how good or bad the, the, the church we're attending is, because we haven't asked God if that's where we need to be. And I have, a, I have a great deal of respect for people that come here for four or five, six months before they decide to, to, decide to join. Because I know they're not taking it lightly, and those are the people that you have four or five, six years down the road still. Because it wasn't just a matter of, oh, that church is cool. We had a good time there. The worship was great. We had, had, had a fun time worshiping. Um, we had had a great time on Wednesday night. We got to come eat food, and so there's good stuff going on there. So I'm gonna go there. Now those are good reasons. Those are good draws. Those are good things. But when it comes right down to it, are you seeking God for who you're who you're supposed to be married to? You're married to your spouse, and you're married to a body of believers. And when you come, you're not just coming to sit. You're coming to use the giftings that God's put on inside of you. And so when you come, we need to get to that place to where we're seeking God with everything, that, with, with everything that we've got and make sure, God, this is very important in my family's development. This is very important in my development as a believer, where, where I attend and where I, where I, who I join with. And so I'm going to make that gum sure that I'm in line with God. And so if we took some of this as serious as we do our actual marriages, we're going to spend our rest of our life with, you know, I don't believe that people are supposed to come and go through church like a revolving door. I believe you come and you, and you plant, and you, like, our, like our pastor said, you plant yourself, you plug in, and you get, you get involved, and, and it becomes a mutual, a mutual blessing relationship um, as, as you begin to grow together as a church and as an individual. Now, we must not allow, like so we're talking about the, the favor of man, we must not allow the pursuit of man's approval to trap us into the fear of man. And that, wh- wh- what you fall into is like you, you, you step out and do something, you don't get a lot of pass on the back for it, and you let that determine whether or not that's what God told you to do. Now, sometimes, that, sometimes you do get passed in the back, sometimes you don't, but that's not the determining factor of whether you, what you do is right or wrong. We, know, we need to always keep God's approval, the approval of God, as the, as the anchor for our life, whether or not we're doing the right thing or not. When we know God's pleased, we know we're doing the right thing. When, when, when we don't feel the, the favor of God in some area, we say, okay, God, wh- wh- where I, where'd I step out of line here? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into what you've got for me greater because I, I don't want to want to walk out of favor with you. Now, Tragedy is inevitable if we fail to keep the approval of man in its proper subordinate, subordinate position to seeking the favor of God. We've always got to keep the, the, the approval of man. You know, God, God will bring people along, alongside you to help confirm some things that you're doing. I'm not saying he won't, but that cannot, that cannot supersede you seeking approval from God. That cannot supersede what, what, what God wants to speak to you and let, and let that voice override his. But on the other hand, some of us still have so many issues, deep, deep-rooted issues with the, the fear of man in our life that we won't ever step out and do something for the kingdom. We're so afraid of what people are going to think. We're so afraid of whether so-and-so is going to agree with us or not. We're so afraid of whether or not this is going to work out or if, or if I'm going to get um, people to come to my, to my meeting or not. No, you step out and do what God's called you to do, and, and, and if you're doing what God's called you God will bless that. It may not be overnight, but God will, God will use that. But it comes, always comes with keeping the approval of God in a higher position in your life than the approval of man. Now. How can you believe? this is John 5:44. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes only from God?" That's a pretty bold statement, but Jesus himself said it, so I'm not going to argue with it. Now, as we start to, to kind of wrap this up, I want to read the next, one of my next favorite scriptures about favor. and it's Luke chapter four verses 16 through 21. It says, "And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, as was his custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And, it opened, and the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was given to him, he unrolled the scroll, and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he goes on to say, because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. And, and here's how he's going to do that. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, think about this. How do you proclaim God's favor for people? Well, you go out and you proclaim good news to the poor. You go out and you set liberty to captives. You go out and you bring sight to the blind. How do people know that God is not hating them and God is not despising them and God is not upset with them? Because God is doing something for them. But how does God do something for people? He does it through you. And so we need to realize that we are, this is our message. This is, this is what we as a body of believers, this is what we as a body of Christ need to have as our focus and our message. God's favor. When the angels came, what was their message? God's favor. What should our message be? God's favor. Why? Because that was Jesus' message. I came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And how did he do that? He did it by healing. He did it by setting people free. He did it by walking and doing good to all those that came in contact with him. And so whenever you, whenever you read that verse, you can take out everything. because everything, If you want to say, verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Jump down to 19 to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what he was anointed to do. How did he do that? By everything in the middle. And so we've got we've to get to that place where we realize that our job is not to, not to stand against things. Our job is to stand for things. Our job as a believer is not to sit there and preach against every little thing that comes along. Our job as a believer is to go out there and preach that God is for people. God is for you. God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of you. God's got great plans for your life. If we would start preaching that way and not preaching against this and against that and against what we don't like and this. Now, do we need to agree with things and line up with some things? No, absolutely not. But we need to be about people. We need to be for people. We need to be people that preach the favor of God and proclaim the favor of God, just like the angels did at the very beginning, just like Jesus did in the middle. It's our job now. The message hasn't changed. But so many times we get so, we get so caught up in doctrine and theology and this and that. And otherwise, we've got 40, 1,400 different denominations of so-called Christians around, around the world. I mean, why, why are we not out there? If we're all preaching God's favor, there would, there, there would not be an empty seat in the house. I mean, people want to people go where, where they're liked. People want to go where they feel like they belong. And if they know that the presence of God, they, they are blessed, and they, and they know in the presence of God that they are wanted, they know in the presence of God that there's something for them, they're going to come to the presence of God. But see, when they, when they equate us with the presence of God, you know, sometimes they don't necessarily feel like they belong. Sometimes they don't necessarily feel like they fit in. But see, our job as believers is to proclaim the, the, the year of the Lord's favor. And ever since Jesus died and he's waiting to come back, we're in the year of the Lord's favor. We're in the age of grace. We're in the age where, where the Spirit of God has been poured out liberally on all of mankind. All we've got to do is just let people give them an open door to accept it and receive it. And so we need to make sure that our, that our, that our message is, is the favor of God. And so it goes on to say, verse 20, it says, He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were, were fixed on him. You, you, you know why they were fixed on him? Because he sat down in the seat reserved for the Messiah. That wasn't his chair. We watched this kid grow up. He grew up right down the street. He was a a, a tinker with his dad making cherries and stuff. He can't sit in that chair. He's not supposed to sit in the the chair of the Messiah. But that's what he did. So they are fixed on him. And then this this really got him. He said, and today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. This scripture, the the favor of God has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right now, you're you're looking at it right here. And uh, they didn't like that too much. Now, come a couple thousand years later, that scripture should still be being fulfilled in their hearing. We should still be fulfilling the scripture that there is favor upon mankind right now with God. Is it going to last forever? No. We all know if you read the word of God this it's not going to be around forever. But right now we're in a place where the doors are wide open to the kingdom of heaven. The doors are wide open and the favor that's upon your life the, the giftings that's God, that God's put on the inside of you are opening those doors wide up for people to walk in. Are we portraying that? Are we letting people see that? Are we letting people see the favor of, of God in our life? Now Here's something we got to get past. We feel like God isn't pleased with us, so we don't know the joy of satisfying our Father. And if we don't know the joy of having favor with God, we can't portray that joy of favor with God to other people. So, comes back to the very beginning. Use the favor we have. You may have, you may, you may have never in your life once heard a word from God. It's okay. God still loves you. But it takes us getting in the presence of God, using the favor that we've got, using the access that we have to the throne to get in the presence of God and receive that favor because it's not just for you. It's not just about you feeling good about yourself. It's about you stepping out and let, being that example that people, are, that people come to and God uses us as an open door to heaven. And so we've got to, we've got to get in that place where we, receive, where we sp- spend time with God and receive that favor from him and we don't get down in the mouth because not everything's gone right. We must experience his favor in order, procl- in order to proclaim his favor. So go back to our clip. As soon as George got up his pity party, and he went to God and said, God, I need you, what did God do? God revealed himself to him. God, God said, okay, here you go, and um, he, uh, here's your family, here's our, you know, and so all these things that go on, all these things that go on in our life, you know, all it takes, if you want to know an answer, just ask God. You know, we, we make it sound like it's such a hard deal. We make it sound, no, and, and, but I can't find a verse for that. Well, you, you might not, but guess what? If you know what the Word of God says, generally, you get in the presence of God and know when God's speaking to you. And so we need to get in that place where God, my family is jacked up right now. Okay, well, we've got to get to the place where God wants to talk to you about that, but you've got to be ready to listen to what he's got to say. And see, what God's going to fix is God's going to fix you, or you, or, you know, or me, or whoever, whatever. When you go to God, of a sudden, the first thing he's going to be able talk about is you. God, my kids are messed up. Well, they live with their parents. You know, I mean, um, here's the thing. Whenever, whenever you ask God about something, about a situation, He begins to talk to you about yourself. Don't shut Him off. Don't get don't get upset. Don't get mad. Why? Because God is trying to equip you to help that situation. God's not trying to bash you over the head, and say you're doing all that stuff wrong. God is trying to put His favor upon your life. Because how I many you know? Some of the people we need favor with the most is our family, because they know they know the real us, right? And so we have got to get to that place where we, the favor of God draws people back in back into our, back into His presence. And so this morning, Mitch, y'all y'all, go ahead, y'all can y'all go ahead and come on up and um. I'll ask the minister to come up here in a minute. But this morning, I, I just want to encourage you that, that God has, has amazing favor set aside for your life. You can walk in and knowing that know that you, know that you're pleasing God, know that you're know that you're blessing Him. We've, we've got to get to that we got to get to that place to where um, we're not afraid to go in the presence of God and, and and get and get and get fixed a little bit because we we see the work side of things, we see the energy side of things, but we got to get to that place where we value the value the approval of God so much. We value we value knowing that we're pleasing Him. Because that's, that's why I got boring again in the first place. We found out that God wasn't mad at us. We found out that it pleases God that we're in, that we're in his presence. And so we, we get into that place to where he wants to speak to us and bless us. And all of a sudden it's like, but God, I, I got to fix that? Well, if you want to keep walking in the favor of God, yeah, absolutely. The thing about it is when you value the favor of God enough, fixing that thing doesn't become an issue when you value the favor of God enough, whatever needs to be corrected isn't such a big deal because you know that you're going to walk in more favor with God. And so if Jesus did things to increase in favor with God, then, you know, he showed us that it's possible to do that. He showed us that it's possible to walk in a place with God that that, that is a blessing, not just ourselves, but to those around us. So if y'all would would stand with me as the ministers begin to come and pray for just a second. Um, This... This isn't, a, this isn't a real hard thing to comprehend, but it's a hard thing to walk out sometimes. And I don't want to discourage anybody from um, step, stepping into a place where, 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 God can, where God can speak to your heart. So if everybody will bow their heads and close their eyes, just for a minute. Today you can, you can, today you can make a decision during this altar call. You can make a decision that you, so that you walk out of here knowing that you please God. You can walk out of here knowing that you're in a place of greater favor with God than you were when you came in. And see, as a believer, that should be that should be our, our number one goal and objective in life is pleasing our Father. It's not about making people happy. It's not about doing better at your job. Because see, when you're pleasing God, all these things kind of fall in line. And so this morning, as we open up the altars, if you just need to come up here to the altar and and, and just and just tell God, okay, God, I need I need Things aren't necessarily going right, but I know that with a little bit of, of your favor in my life, things can begin to get fixed. And just, just, and just step into his presence and begin to ask him, begin to show him, show him these things that you, that you have concerns about, and let him speak to you.